You want to be successful? Do you want to grow your business? Do you want to dominate the day? Then you're going to need Big Skip Energy. Welcome back to the Big Skip Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Skip Wilcox, and I've got an awesome show in store for you guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Kairos Sales Group. Top performers need help taking their business to the next level, and Kairos Sales Group provides personalized training and coaching for individuals and organizations looking to take their growth seriously now rather than later. Kairos Sales Group, the time is now. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Skip, isn't Kairos your company? Well, it sure as hell is. But guess what? This is my show, and there's nothing that says I can't sponsor myself if I want to. For today, have you guys ever looked to the future and not really known what to do with your business? Have you ever faced harsh uh, market conditions, things that may be foreign to you or been in a super competitive uh, workspace? Or have you gotten through uh, hardships in your business industry and uh, said, you know what, I can't handle this the same way again. I've got to do better. Well, if that's the case, then today's episode is for you. My guest is Meredith Elliott Powell. And for those of you who don't know her, you're in for a treat. Not to spoil it, but she is one of the most highly sought after keynote speakers in the country, one of the top corporate strategists and business trainers out there in the market today. Uh, she's also written a handful of books, including the focus of today's episode, Thrive. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Meredith, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, ready to uh, ready to talk about anything you want to talk about. Oh, it, <laughs> I don't know if we have that kind of time, but <laughs> uh, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, for my listeners who may not be familiar with your work and who you are, give them a little bit of a breakdown. Yeah. So basically my background is all in sales and leadership, but I've worked in so many different industries, which I never really thought my uh, career made a lot of sense until one day I was doing a podcast and somebody asked me about how I got where I am. And what I realized was that my entire career, I have worked in organizations in industries going through disruption, whether it be hospitality, financial services, or healthcare. And so when I struck out on my own and started my own business, that's really my passion is how do you how do you turn what seems like the greatest challenge and the greatest obstacle into your greatest uh, into your greatest opportunity? So I'm a keynote speaker, a business strategist, an author, and uh, executive coach. Awesome. Very good. So one thing, though, that you mentioned there is you said, you know, somebody was asking you how you got to where to where you are. I'm going I'm to pick a little bit on that and, and ask you a question. It always fascinates me when I talk to people that have made a change from the quote unquote corporate grind to going out on doing and doing their own thing. And I would love to hear what you have to say as far as what was your tipping point? What was your motivation? You know, what what made you make that change? Yeah. So, you know, I realized that um, I guess by the time I hit the financial services world, I went into financial services right when they were beginning to be heavily regulated and the, and the organizations were struggling 
with how to grow and be profitable with so much competition, dealing with regulation, things like that. And, um, and I was so excited. I mean, for three years, we just dug in and we had to completely blow up the structure and blow up how we went after clients. And, you know, we've typically been an order taking uh, world and we had to start training people to go outside. And then yeah. the dust sort of settled and everybody got kind of used to what we were doing. And I wanted to blow things up again. And I was like, we could do better. Let's, you know, do this. And I found that, um, you know, I was annoying to most people I worked with because, you know, basically they were like, you know, we're doing well, we're surpassing our goals. We're, and that's really when I realized that um, for me, it was it, what excited me was more about um, the process than it was the end game. And that I would be far more advantageous to an organization outside in than inside, you know, the, the, the company. So I hit, I hit the ripe old age of 40 and I love 40. It's such a great um, age because you're old enough. Thank you. (laughs) I I turned 40 last year. I'll be 41 in July. It's a great age because it's um, you're old enough to be taken seriously. I mean, you really do have enough time in the seat that you've got wisdom and not to take anything away from young people, but there's something to be said for having ridden a few waves, but you're young enough that you, you know, you've got the energy to kind of build something. And so I started my, um, I started my business when I was 40 years old and I started out as a strategist. Um, 2008 hit. I had a lot of luck with the companies that I worked with. They moved through 2008 beautifully, wrote my first book, and the rest is history. That is awesome. I love yeah. it. See, everybody's stories is, is, is always different why, why they make the change. And that's why yeah. I always like to ask that question. So, um, so yeah, so if I'm hearing you right, you're a little bit of a rabble rouser. I, I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely, uh, <laughs> I definitely am. And, you know, it's funny because it's come out in my target market. Mm-hmm. I only work with companies that have done exceptionally well in the marketplace, but it's not good enough for them. They want to push right. it to another level. And that's oh, the yeah. right fit for me. I, I love it. That's, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. So, all right, let's go ahead and dive on in to Thrive. Okay. Now, go ahead and give the listeners a bit of a breakdown as to as to what the concept is and then I'll start kind of going into some of the nitty-gritty Sure. So basically, a few years ago, long before we ever heard about COVID, um, I became obsessed with the word uncertainty. It was fascinating to me back in 2018 and 2019. We were having the best economy we had had. Everybody's business was booming. But every business owner I talked to just was waiting for the shoe to drop. They were saying, you know, but oh, this uncertainty, certainly this is going to come to an end. And I just started thinking, why does uncertainty always have to be a bad thing? Why does it always have to be a negative? And what could happen in your company if you flip the script on that? How far could you go? What could you accomplish if you actually believed when the obstacle appeared in front of you, it was just the break you needed to take your company forward? So that set me off on a research project. I had to find businesses that function like that. There aren't many, but I was able to uncover nine companies that have been around um, since the early uh, eight, late 1700s, early 1800s, mm-hmm. and still in business thriving today. And from that, I wrote a nine-step formula, proven formula of what you need to do to thrive in an uncertain marketplace, no matter whether the obstacle's as big as COVID or whether the obstacle is a new competitor in the marketplace. 
Yeah, I love that. And being the history nerd that I am, um, I loved your format as well Thanks. on that. Yeah, it, it, it was really cool to read about uh, the different cases throughout the, throughout history because a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, stuff today, you can't really relate back to 1820. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can. Yes, you uh, can. You know, so, it's um, it's sad, but we keep repeating the same old thing. Funny, I think I've heard a saying about that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so one of the one of the, the the companies in particular that you that you single out in your book was Jim Beam. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about why you picked that and what makes it such a good example. Oh, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite examples from the book because I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how big you feel the uncertainty is for you. Imagine trying to grow your business where at any moment, um, the very government you put in office, the people you vote for, um, could put you out of business. It's a little thing called prohibition. And for anybody who doesn't remember from history what prohibition is, it was this crazy idea that we would outlaw liquor by the drink, the selling and the making of liquor. And of course, Jim B made, um, you know, whiskey. And so at any moment, their business could, uh, you know, could go away. Now, nobody really believed that prohibition would ever become law, not even Jim Beam. He didn't believe it, but he got prepared anyway. And he invested in citrus and he invested in the mining industry, in industry so that when the unthinkable happened, he had income streams coming in from someplace else. His competitors had to declare bankruptcy and were gone. And he could once again begin focusing on the future when prohibition would be repealed. So I love it because I feel like Jim Beam ha- survived a bigger threat than any of us have ever known. And they did it by being prepared for what they didn't even believe would ever happen. You know, it's it's very interesting. Um, some of the examples that you put out there, that uh, like like Caswell Massey was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, how did you come about that 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 particular example? Just tell tell everybody you know the background of who that is and how you came about finding that particular company. Well, you know the um, the interesting thing about that particular company is let me just back up and say I wanted to find companies that people were familiar with, right, right, and and then companies that people were not. I mean, mm-hmm. a couple a couple in the book that people aren't familiar with are probably Caswell Massey that makes, you know, perfumes and Atkins mm-hmm. Pierce that um, that is, you know, they make the things that you find in fishing line, the wire and things like that. Yeah. And I wanted I didn't want it to be a book that was just like, well, sure, if I was Procter and Gamble or I was Jim Beam, you know, I, I would survive. Um, how how was I going to be a company? So that was really the idea. Um, I had to do a lot of research and a lot of study yeah. in order to um, in order to find a business like um, like Caswell Massey. But they're not a particularly large business. They've been around. You know, they came from a really a huge height of a business when mm-hmm. every every politician, every successful person used their products and services. And then they really crashed through a matter of some really bad decisions. But then a um, but then a leader with a great vision came back, took the business over, got it back to the heart and soul of who Caswell Massey is. And she she after some very very tough decisions, she brought the business back, and they're still in business today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there's example after example of. Of things like this, and I think that's what makes your 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 formula here really relatable. Is that there are 
examples throughout in all different industries that people can relate to and say, hey, look, you know, just because we're facing a little bit of an uncertain time going forward for whatever reason, be it COVID, regulation, um, recession, whatever the case may be, yeah. that there's that, that, that you know, it gives it gives people hope that you can actually work through this instead of just having that paralysis, right? So I, a- Absolutely. I mean, when you think about these businesses, when I say to you that a business has been around since the late 1700s, the ones that have been there since the late 1700s, imagine going through the Civil War. I mean, you could say, well, if the business was in the North, they were in, they were in great shape. Well, not often. I mean, their supplies were, were cut off from the South. I mean, Crane and Company is another stationary mm-hmm. um, company. And they lost cotton, which was a huge piece that they yeah. needed in, in order to, um, you know, make their products, uh, you know, make their products and services. And so, you know, I just feel like um, every 50 years or so, we go through major disruption. We mm-hmm. certainly have gone through one in the last couple. But if you look back to history and you pay attention to smart leaders that have gone before us, you'll find your path forward. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of that, you know, you mentioned this earlier that this was you know, years in the making because, uh, but the, there's a section of the book that, that, that points out, you know, Hey, look, this thing came out at, at, before, right at the very beginning of COVID. It was 18 months, you know, before that, you know, start, started kind of tinkering around with it. So what, 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 what really gave you the motivation to go ahead and do this? Because yeah. I mean, the foresight was incredible. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, you know, first of all, I think it's a great um, example of step number five in the book. I was listening to customers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was literally, and that's what people were saying to me is, we're worried about uncertainty. We don't know how to get through it. Now, luckily for me, just like everybody else in 2018 and 2019, I was so busy. I couldn't get the book done. And I think about that all the time. I think the book should have come out in 2019. And, um, but luckily for me, it, it it didn't. And so, um, I, I, my business blew up in March 7th of 2020. I not only lost every ounce of revenue, but I lost my business model. I mean, I'm a keynote speaker. I got on planes I travel around the world. I couldn't do any of those things. I had nowhere else to go. So I went back to the book and I thought, well, you know, what the heck, I'll try this on my own business. And I was blown away by how well it worked. Um, And uh, so it's just, I really believe that I didn't have a single piece of vision. I just listened to people. And if you listen to people, you know, some of the best investment, you know, the billionaires in this world tell you they pick stocks to invest on based off what customers are saying, what people mm-hmm. are talking about, what they're, what they think they're looking for trends. That's all yeah. I was doing. It was yeah. a trend that everybody was riding this high, but was terrified about what mm-hmm. was coming. And I just started to think, is it that weird? Like, is really what we're going through that odd is, doesn't this always happen? You know, yeah. and it does. People and so forget. You, yeah. You learn from history. Yeah, for sure. So, Shifting gears a little bit, if a company were to approach you and say, "Hey, Meredith, look, we're doing really well. We got, we, we, you know, we're facing some uncertain times coming up. Like, for example, a mortgage company yeah. who who who's added a lot of a lot of staff. They've got uh, decreased business because of the refinance uh, boom going away. Interest rates are rising. 
hey, they're doing really well, but there's going to be some pretty tough times ahead. What's one piece of advice you would give a company facing something like that, the biggest key to to be sure that they do what to thrive going through that? Well, that number, um, I would really say number one is that um, uh, you're only going to let me choose one. Yes. This, this group needs to start to condition itself for change. In fact, I wish you would have conditioned yourself for change a year ago. Yes. Condition yourself for change is the Jim Beam strategy. And it's mm-hmm. strategy number two in the book. But it's literally a tool we call the skeptic. And what it's about is to realize that you are living in a time where there is more change happening outside of your business than inside Mm -hmm. that can impact your ability to be successful. And change can be your greatest opportunity if you see it coming. If you ignore it, it's going to bury you. And what you just told me is interest rates are rising. The refinance boom is over. Chances are we're headed for a recession. Well, if you know all those things are coming, why don't you get ready right now? Right. Right. So it is about like, you know, it's the difference between Netflix and Blockbuster, right? Blockbuster (laughs) was an internal organization and Netflix kept saying, oh, my God, we're making a lot of money. But where's the consumer going? What's coming? Mm -hmm. What do they want next? And you can predict the future if you talk about the future. So I would advise a mortgage company to sit down and say, what do you think the world is going to look like six months from now? And what do we need to do to prepare now? Here's the beauty of it. Even if you're not right about the prediction, your mindset is so flexible and so open to change, yeah. you can move on a dime. I love it. I love it. Yeah. See, that's that's great. So um, as we as we kind of draw a little bit to a close today, um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you a couple a couple of questions about you. Now, I understand, Meredith, that you are good at all sports, but not excellent. Yeah, that's right. I'm mediocre. Me- you're mediocre. What's your favorite sport to play? Wow, that's that's pretty difficult. Um, that's pretty difficult for me. But if you were going to nail it down to one, it would probably be golf. Golf, I love it. Okay, okay. So, what's your? Come on now, let's have it. What's your handicap? Oh, my handicap's a twelve. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. It's okay. It should be. My goal this year is to get it down to single digits. So we'll see how I do. I like it. See, so because you're talking to a man whose handicap, if it was actually of record, would be (laughs) eh, 25, 30. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly what you call uh, an avid golfer because, (laughs) uh, well, I suck. So, um, all right. So next question, going a little bit back to Thrive, sort of. But. If you had the opportunity in all your studies through through corporate history that you did to prepare for this concept, if you had one person that you would have liked to have talked to to get firsthand account of, of how they did it, it doesn't have to be somebody that was in the book. Who would that be? Wow. Um, you know, strategy number three is um, competition becomes collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I really would like to have spoken to Winston Churchill about, um, I understand I've read a lot of history about how he got Franklin Delano Roosevelt to come to the table, but how did he get right in his head to make peace with Stalin to Mm -hmm. do it? And, and how did he get Stalin to come to the table? But if I took that to, um, to present day, it would be the president um, of Ukraine. I think he's amazing. In, um, in both, to me, he's strategy number one in the vision he's creating mm-hmm. for the people. He's he's making he's 
He is inspiring them to do the unthinkable. And then the way he is bringing the world together is, is just incredible. Yeah, for sure. Those are two solid examples. So let's take it a step further now. What's an example of somebody that you wish would have listened or learned the concepts in Thrive, but didn't, and now they're gone throughout throughout history? Yeah, that's um, that's easy for me. It, oh, it, oh, okay. It, yeah, and, and the reason it would be is it's Brooks Brothers. Um, they were they were somebody I was going to. Now I grew up a Brooks Brothers family. Yeah. You know, um, we, I mean, my brothers wore Brooks Brothers suits. Then when Brooks Brothers got into female clothing in the seventies, my mother and my sister and I, we were just a Brooks Brothers family. And so I started researching them for the book. You know, they've been around since the 1800s, um, founded by Mr. Brooks. He brought his four sons into it. Yeah. And um, in April of 2020, they declared bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And my publisher called me and said, you must be devastated. And I said, well, I'm devastated. The Brooks Brothers is gone. I said, but I never said that any of these companies would still be here. I said, and Brooks Brothers clearly violated two steps of the strategies. And I'm not saying that's why they're gone, but right. I'm kind of saying that's why they're gone. You know? <laughs> so, um, so uh, I wish they would have, I mean, I, I love the history of that company. You know, they came yeah. through, um, they came through the civil war by making uniforms for the union army because mm-hmm. nobody was buying suits during, you know, the civil war. It was such a, right. they had so many beautiful pivots mm-hmm. um, through and, but, they just uh, they became a stockholder company rather than a customer company and wouldn't keep up with change. Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a really good example. I like that. Yeah. So, all right. So, Meredith, if my listeners want to find out more about you, more about not only Thrive, but your other publications as well, where should they go? Well, they can find me at valuespeaker.com, just the words valuespeaker.com. That's my website. You find um, all kinds of free tools and resources there. You can also get a chapter of the book and all the tools that are in the book as well. Um, Also on social media, I tend to live on LinkedIn a little bit more than I live anywhere else. So I would look for me on uh, LinkedIn. I'm a big believer, build your network, change your life. So if we are not connected, I would love to be connected. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all this with me today. Thank you. Um, I really, I really look forward to uh, hearing more of your content as you continue to produce it. And uh, and are you going to be at Outbound this year? I am going to be at Outbound. Okay, I thought yeah, so. I look I forward so. to uh, to seeing you. That's about the best sales conference of the year. It um, is September. We are in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So really encourage people to attend. For sure. Yep. Very good. Well, Meredith, thank you again. Hope you have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Guys, if you ever have a chance to hear Meredith speak, I highly, highly recommend it. Also, Thrive is a great read and really gives a solid framework for preparing for and killing it during uncertain times. Also, please don't forget to check out my merch. New items are about to be added, and I'd love some feedback as to what you would like to see available. Be sure to use code BSE20 for 20% off of your order. Thank you to my sponsor, Cairo Sales Group. The time is now, so if you want more information, please contact me. Next time, I am joined by mortgage industry and business development expert, Steve Richman, who is going to talk about the new workplace post-COVID and how to navigate the challenges that it has created. Until then, remember, energy is contagious, so be sure to use your Big Skip Energy to dominate the day. See you next time.